Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Thank you, everyone. Uh, whenever you're listening to this, uh, whether you're live or listening by podcast, we're really honored by your presence. We know how valuable your time is. Our uh, intention is every week to give you a little something to chew on and think about, uh, make your life more interesting. Uh, secondly, something that uh, actually makes your week a little bit better and thirdly, something you can practically apply in your week and, and usually for the rest of, the, of your year. Um, and today, we're talking about stupidity, which is something I typically don't talk about um, because it's a negative thing, right? Well, it, in, th- in preparing for this week, It occurs to me that stupidity is maybe, for most of us, not a totally avoidable option, okay? Uh, I've talked with a a whole bunch of people over my lifetime, and while there are very few that I would say this is a stupid person, at least by the definition, and the definition, Webster's definition of a stupid person, or, or, or just stupidity, is having, that would be a person, or showing a great deal of, not, I'm sorry, not having or showing a great deal of intelligence or common sense, or having or showing a great lack of intelligence or common sense. So, I don't know that I would talk about uh, stupidity very many times from just a person, although I've seen a few of those. It's more what we do. And and, uh, I'm not sure I've ever talked to anyone who would say, I've never done a stupid thing. Well, does that make you a stupid person? No, I wouldn't say so. Um, I think all of us do stupid things from time to time, but 
you don't want to be stup a stupid person. There's a big difference in the two, and I hope you, uh, I hope you recognize that, okay? What the person you are is different from what you do. If that were not true, then, uh, you know, just like in the um, all-time classic, The Scarlet Letter, all of us would be wearing some letter on our shirt or branded on our forehead, liar, thief. Have you ever lied in your life? Okay, then you should be labeled a liar if you're going under the um, logic that doing something X number of times makes you that person. And I would posit today that it doesn't. That you can do stupid things, a lot even, and that does not mean you're a stupid person. And maybe stupid doesn't always mean what we think. And that's the main place I'm going today. Maybe it's not always a bad thing. Maybe, maybe it's the kind of stupid that you do that is really um, detrimental to your life, or maybe even not. Uh, let me tell you about a couple of uh, my things, okay? And uh, if uh, my family were on the line right now, or we were all together in the same room, I think they would probably, every single one, say that I've done more stupid things than anyone they've ever seen. Okay, Harry was telling me just the other day, my oldest son, that when he talks to his friends about me, he, um, he tells them, my dad is either really good at something or really awful and terrible at it. And I just love that because it's, it's true. It's true. Um, I'm bad at way more stuff then I'm good. I'm only good. I'm only really t good at a few things, and I mess up all the time. Let me give you a couple of examples. Um, we had uh, saved for years. We, uh, our family, when our boys were young, we loved to go to the lake and water ski and tube and raft and just float in a beautiful, peaceful cove and talk and swim and stuff like that when it's 95 degrees in Tennessee. And so Hope and I had been saving our money for years to get a new boat. Every boat we'd ever had was really old and we had all kinds of problems with it and you know that sort of thing. So um, we saved for years to get a new boat. Got it. Uh, I think we saved for like eight or nine years. Don't remember exactly. Anyway, we're going to the lake. We're all so excited. We've invited a bunch of friends. We're all going to camp for the weekend and go out constantly every day skiing and tubing and uh, roast marshmallows by the fire at night and just have a wonderful time. Well, we get there, and this is probably about an hour and a half from our house, the campground. We get there, and I am so excited. We've been having fun on the way there, we've been singing along with music and all kinds of stuff. And so I go to the parking lot to drop, to drop off the boat on the trailer because they didn't allow trailers where the campsites were. Okay, So um, I had to unhook it and then go to the campsite with our truck so we could start unloading the tents and getting the food out and setting everything up. 
Okay, and you know, people have been doing this at this campsite for 75 years, you know, no problems. Well, I didn't notice that there was a slight grade of the parking lot. Um, I thought it was level. Okay, at first glance, it, it looked level to me, and I'll even stand by that today. So I unhooked the boat, and all of a sudden, the boat starts slowly moving backwards toward the back of the um, parking lot, and there's not another boat or anything else back there to stop it. And it starts rolling a little faster and a little faster. And anyway, to make a long story short, it was very comedic as um, I grabbed hold of the trailer hitch on the front of the boat and was trying to hold it back like a 3,000-pound boat. Of course, there's no possibility I was going to be able to do that. And so it rolled right to the back of the parking lot and over a 30-foot cliff. And people who had... Uh, a lady who'd, who'd worked at the campground for over 50 years, uh, as word spread through the campground and people came to look at it, um, said, how did you do that? I've, I've been here 50 years. No one has ever done anything like that. But, but, what I want to say to you today is that, yes, that was a stupid thing. No doubt about it. All right? But... Man, I was feeling so much love and, and uh, war internal warmth and happiness, and it almost didn't bother me. Now, I can't say it didn't bother me at all. Probably the main thing that bothered me is George was a little kid, and he got upset about it. But um, it really didn't bother me very much. It occurred to me after it happened, after the oh my goodness, what have I done, that um, with or without that boat, I was the happiest person I knew and, and happier than I'd ever been in my life and so thankful and so grateful. And it was sort of in that place of love emotion that I did not correctly evaluate the grade of the parking lot and the boat went over the cliff, okay? So should I have paid more attention to the grade? Absolutely, I should have. But what I was doing and the, and the, and the internal place that I was in was absolutely wonderful. And I would never not want to be in that place, okay? Another one. Uh, for me, uh, I grew up in the fireworks business, all right? Um, my uncle started it, and he was the largest uh, wholesale fireworks distributor in the United States, was one of the first civilians to go into Red China and all that sort of thing. And my dad started out working for him and then branched out on his own and did... Uh, pretty well at that. Well, one of the things that my father did was these seasonal tents that sell fireworks. And from the time I was 12, I ran one of those. 
okay, um, for my family, and I made some money myself, and I enjoyed it, okay. Well, you're open for about two weeks, and the first week is probably one of the most boring, miserable things you could ever do in your life because you're just sitting out there in the hot with sweat rolling down your body. You sleep there at night, so you're dirty and grungy and tired and, and, and all that sort of thing. But the worst part is the boredom. I mean, you go day after day after day sitting out there in the hot like that, exhausted, and have virtually no business at all. The first week is pretty much just for advertising. So, to help pass the time out of my boredom one time, I got some big rockets, big fireworks rockets, and went off behind the tent and... and what I was trying to do, um, the tent was, oh, probably 50 yards from interstate. And I was wanting to shoot them over interstate to see if I could get them completely over both lanes to the other side. I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. I wasn't trying to hit a vehicle. But <laughs> as you're probably thinking right now, I did not think it through either. And before I knew it, there was this huge uh, fire on interstate that was, that was, the smoke from the fire was so dense, the grass had been really high, that traffic from both sides of interstate were stopped. There were police cars everywhere, fire trucks. Um, the, uh, they came over and talked to me and said, hey, uh, do you know if anybody's been shooting fireworks over around the interstate? And I lied and said, um, well, I think there were some teenagers doing that about an hour ago. Of course, I didn't tell them it was me, all right? But what I want to share is that stupid thing did not come out of love. That stupid thing came out of boredom. And boredom is it comes out of the fear root. So to kind of put a bow on this, and some of you are probably still a little bit confused, so let me try to put a bow on this. No one is ever going to live a life free of doing stupid things, free of doing some unwise things, free of messing up. Free, uh, no one does. No one can. Okay, but there are there's fear-based stupidity, and there's love-based stupidity. Okay, uh, the boat thing for me was totally love-based. I mean, not one percent doubt in my mind about that. Now, did it still cost us money? Uh, yes, it did. We had insurance, but you know, it still cost you some. And then my insurance went up. So yeah, it cost me something. But you know what has been wonderful is that ever since then, when we have dinner with another couple or with a group of people or at a party, or you'd be amazed how many times that story comes up. And, and it's a great story because no one's ever heard of anything like that. And it's fun and you laugh and you, you know. And so I would say that when your stupidity is truly coming out of a root of love, which basically just means all of your intentions are right. 
okay, then it's going to yield positive fruit even through some, you know, maybe short-term circumstances that are a little bit painful, all right? On the other hand, if it is fear-based stupidity, that doesn't happen, okay? Because when I was shooting those rockets, my intention was not good. I knew I could hit a car. I knew I could hit a truck. I'd seen that happen before in my years in the fireworks business, and it was an ugly scene, okay? I knew I shouldn't be doing it. I knew a fire could start, but my boredom, which is instant gratification, I can't take this any longer. I have to do something fun. I have to have some pleasure now. And that's what inspires me and motivates me to do the stupid thing. Then you're pretty much just going to end up with, with negative circumstances at least until you kind of embrace that out of the love root. And then it can still be turned into positive. But as, but as long as it's t just fear instigated, comes from the root, that's why you're doing it. There's really no selfless or win-win-win or this is the right thing to do reason that you're doing it. It's all just about me. Then you're going to end up with the result that you don't want and that maybe only causes negative after that, which was true of uh, of that event with me and a lot more. So, um, and, and let me leave you with a couple of other things that maybe will help put this into um, a little easier to understand context. According to the latest figures, and let me check my paper right here that I got. Yeah, according to USA Today, the very latest estimate of how much it costs to raise a child is $233,610. And that's not wealthy, okay? That's kind of low middle class, all right? So over $233,000. So how, how, how good a deal does this sound if you're about 25, 28, 30 years old, looking to have the best life that you can have. How does this sound, okay? Just listen for a second. Hey, fill in your name. I've got a great thing that I think you should start doing in your life. Well, okay, what is it? Well, before I tell you what it is, it's going to cost you a fortune. In fact, it may put you in debt almost for the rest of your life. It's going to keep you from sleeping at night. It's going to take up almost all your free time. You're going to have all sorts of unforeseen problems come up because of this. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, how much logical sense does that make if, if there's not a God and we really are just in survival of the fittest? Just evolution, when you die, you die. It's just... Survival of the fittest, get as much as you can, while you can, for as long as you can, what I want, when I want. Okay, you get the idea. 
Well, that decision makes no sense if looked at through that lens. The only way that decision makes sense is through the lens of love and looking long-term, delayed gratification, not just instant gratification. Um, I have a, an article here, scientific article, from Scientific American, a very highly regarded uh, American scientific journal, about the amazing phenomenon of why people play the lottery. And it's a mechanism inside us called belief perseverance. And it's connected to our survival instinct, which is basically fear-based. All right? And um, this phenomenon, they're saying that, you know, even though people who play the lottery know the facts, at least if they played it very long, they do, that winning the lottery is a longer shot than getting struck by a lightning bolt. Okay? And basically, they would never play those kind of odds in their life on anything they care about. But for some reason, they know that about the lottery, but they still do it. And, and a lot of times, go into debt, go bankrupt, uh, it ruins their lives. Even people who win the lottery, a lot of them, it ruins their lives. So, you know, in advance, you would know that. And now maybe that's not the best thing for me anyway. But it's still billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars from people saying, I'm betting on getting struck by lightning, when they would never do that in any other part of their life. And it's a phenomenon inside us called belief perseverance that is connected to our survival instinct and therefore fear. All right? Uh, think about having an affair, which is uh, about 50% of marriages um, end in divorce, although 100% of marriages typically go in thinking ours is going to be the one that works. Maybe not as much today. There's a lot more today of kind of just, well, we'll get married and we'll see, and if it doesn't work, we'll divorce. Uh, you didn't see that much when I was growing up. Really, everyone thought ours was going to make it, but 50% didn't. And, and in a high percentage of those that get a divorce, one or other of the, of the people involved break their vow and commitment to the other in at least one, very often, many ways. Well, that's certainly not love-based, right? Because they're doing it for themselves. It's selfish. It's, but, but knowing in advance that they're doing it for the wrong reasons, it's not win-win-win. It could destroy their whole life. It could, it could destroy another person's life. Millions and millions and millions, a high percentage of people married will make the choice to do that this year anyway. So this week, when you're praying, when you're meditating, I'd like you to think, think and, and if you want to do a little more than think, get out a piece of paper and a pen, write down, okay, 
What are the dumbest, stupidest decisions I've ever made in my life? Okay? And then, under it, beside it, put a L or a fear. Did you do that stupid thing out of fear or did you do that stupid thing out of love? And I would say, I would challenge you, if this makes sense to you, to commit to that intention of living your life in love in the present moment, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the end results, whether they're what you want or what you not, whether it's more pain or less pain, more pleasure or less pleasure, no matter what, I'm going to live my life in love in the present as best I can and give the results up to God. I would posit to you today, ladies and gentlemen, that that is the only way that you can do a minimum of stupid things in your life, which are the things you end up regretting the most, and where 100% of them can be the stupid that comes out of love, not out of fear, which means somehow, some way, even the stupid thing will be, trans, will be transformed into something good in your life. Just like it was with the boat, with me, and, and I could name a whole bunch of other things as well, okay? That, that were, another way to put it, maybe innocent stupid, and are just things that, you know, were a little pain at the time, but uh, are sort of some of the gems of our family now um, that make us love each other all the more. So, are you doing stupid things? Okay. The ones you have done, have they been more love-based or more fear-based? And how about committing to a life where even when you do the occasional stupid thing, and you will, it will be transformed into good. I challenge you, and I promise you, it is very, very real. And one of the most painful things in life is the stupid things that are all fear-based. Those are the ones that when you're sitting in your rocking chair at the end of your life, you, uh, you have regret that a lot of times cannot be alleviated because you don't have time anymore. Change it today.